This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And I welcome all of you to the show today. And I'm excited to get to work with you. And when I say with you, I mean that because you are as much of a part of the show as I am or Steve is because you are a very important part of what drives the topic of discussion on today's show and every day. So today was quite the volatile day in the market. Started off down and then ended up. And it was also the first day of autumn, right? We know that Summer is behind us, and we have just, uh, what, the f- less than 40 days? I think it's a month and a half till the election. And September, so far, is on its worst track since, or worst in nine years. Worst year in nine years, since 2011. And we've seen a resurgence of COVID cases in the UK and other parts of Europe, and you're starting to see an uptick here in the United States. Will we see a resurgence of COVID cases, and what will that ultimately mean? Will it mean more shutdowns? I don't think so. I don't think that the political will, at least here in the United States, is for more widespread shutdowns. This doesn't feel that way to me. But what that could mean still is less traveling. Big crowds not being allowed for even longer, right? Talking about sporting events, concerts, conferences, a lot of large in-person gatherings just in general. And that can have a knock-on effect for the economy as a whole, but more particularly for individual industries. Airline, for example, there's a recent bill to give another bailout to the airline industry. Now, it doesn't give back the... The the, the executives don't have have to give back their stock option bonuses that they've awarded themselves and uh, enriched themselves via stock buybacks. But clearly, governments are trying to stem the tide of layoffs of economic damage while still managing the pandemic. And it's a difficult balance. I don't think we're going to get a clear picture of the response until past the election, right? Because I don't think either side wants to upset the apple cart They want to focus on winning the election, not necessarily on riling up their electorate. They've already been riled up. So they don't want to change their course. Both sides are pretty confident 
right? So it'll be interesting to see how the volatility over the coming few months plays out. And that's our main talking point today, our main focus point. So we're going to touch on that. And I'm Justin Klein, and today in this program, I'll do my best to provide you with some unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. We're going to help you develop strategies. And I'm here right now taking your calls at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's take a look at the market real quick. You have the S&P up 34 points today, a little over 1%. The big news was the NASDAQ kind of came roaring back up 184 points, about 1.7% or so. So while last week, well, the story was growth stocks, tech stocks were, were faltering, you had a pretty big reversal yesterday and a fall through today. It doesn't change that we're now in a downtrend in a lot of the stocks, but you can just see how the volatility is likely going to continue. Remember, volatility isn't always to the downside. Volatility can certainly mean to the upside as well. Now, as you can tell, I have an information-packed podcast for you today. So let's get right to our first caller right now at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Uh, my name's Sam Elicar calling from Pomona, California. I was interested in talking about EXC. All right, EXC, engaged in generation distribution of electricity to 10 million customers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Illinois. Revenue has been consistently following for the past six quarters, not dramatically, but 2 to 5% pretty much every quarter. And earnings this year down 8%, 1% planned or expected next year for a drop in earnings. Yields 4.3%. And overall, I think this is relatively undervalued. Our fair value is closer to the low 40s. Right now, we're in the mid-30s. So, you know, I like Exelon. Not a fast grower, but the dividend is pretty solid. Their balance sheet is also pretty solid. And long-term profitability remains pretty solid as well. Clearly, this year is somewhat of an anomaly. But if you look back on their cash flows and their return on equity, this is average somewhere in the low teens over the past decade or so, which you know isn't spectacular if you look at it compared to other companies. But in the utility industry, which is typically regulated, low profitability or modest profitability is fine. Right, because you can't, they can't get too high of return on equity because of regulation. So their cash flow is strong. I think that dividend yield is relatively strong, even though their payout ratio compared to their cash flow recently is pretty weak. But based on earnings, it's still pretty solid. So if you're looking for that 4.4% dividend, I think that's pretty safe uh, and it's relatively undervalued, not dramatically, but by about 10% or so. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Summer is over. And for investors, you need to remain vigilant till the end of the year. I know it seems easy since March until the last few weeks. But that just goes to show you that just because what you've been doing over the past 
few months have may, has maybe worked for you doesn't mean it will work for you in the future. What can you take from that that will continue to work? What can you maybe push aside because maybe it won't work in an economy that is slow growth and still in recessionary territory. So you need to manage your risk by balancing your portfolio and your total assets. So the job requires information and effective strategies to deal with the volatility, and I'm going to do my best to help you with that. Your participation is an important part of the mix. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI Red Teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C K-E-R-O-N-E dot com, HackerOne dot com. It's an Invest Talk Tuesday. Justin Klein is here today, taking your calls live. How's your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing market volatility? You've got questions, so call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. Or Steve, this is Art, Menlo Park. Had a question on a Roth IRA 
when you're over 60 years old, is it still worth it to open up a Roth IRA versus a regular IRA? Because I just had a discussion with uh, somebody that's over 63, actually, and they want to open up a Roth IRA. I'm thinking that it's probably not in their best interest. So I just wanted to get your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Well, the good thing about a Roth IRA when you're in your 60s is that you won't have to deal with the RMDs when you get into your 70s, right? Because you already paid the tax on it. So if this money is more designed for a lot later in life or earmarked for a lot later in life, or maybe it's earmarked for the next generation and you don't really need the money, that is a great way to put off that worry, that tax liability, or, or, or I guess bring that tax liability forward and not worry about anything in the future, right? Um, whereas if you deal with an IRA, you just put your money in an IRA, you're going to come up on RMDs relatively quickly. And you're going to have to pay that tax based on your age, not based on your life situation. So a Roth allows you a little more control of that, right? When you take that tax hit. Now, typically for a Roth IRA, it makes more sense for you to put money into a Roth or do a Roth conversion when you're in a low tax bracket because you're locking in that rate. So that's the only difference is what is your tax rate today versus what is your tax rate expectation in the future? And so what a Roth today does is pull all that forward and gives you control. Now, that also leaves you without control in the future, right? Because there are times when, say, maybe you have high medical bills. And in that case, you can do a Roth conversion, maybe later in life, and lock in a low tax rate then as well. So the various factors that go into it, and mainly it has to do with when you want to lock in that tax rate. When do you want to take control of that tax liability? Is it today? Or do you want to put it off to the future and maybe find an opportunity to do it later? That is the real question. Whether you're 60 or 30 or 20, doesn't matter. So when do you want to take control? Thanks for the call. My main focus today concerns a story that asserts that the market are, is entering the most treacherous season since 1952. The S&P averaged a 0.7% drop in the month of October. So we're going to dig into a lot of the data around the seasonality that we're heading into and what that might mean for markets as a whole. So we're going to touch on that. Next, home sales came out today and they were pretty good in August. What does that mean for prices and the market as a whole? Next, what does the election mean for older Americans? meaning Social Security, Medicare, prescription drug prices, etc. Who will benefit more? What side of 
aging in America will benefit based on who wins. So we're going to touch on that. A pretty interesting panel from the American Society on Aging and uh, what they said. I think that will be very instructive. And lastly, real assets. What does that mean? Right. A lot of people say, well, if inflation goes up, you want to hold real assets, hard assets, not paper assets. And what qualifies? What are the pros and cons of each as well? So we're going to get to all of that. So that's what's on my mind. But ultimately, I want to hear from you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you know I should. I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. And the first, that's the first step to building a profitable investment strategy. Because if you have volatility in your portfolio that causes you, causes you to make rash decisions, emotional decisions, that means you are going to make bad decisions. So you need to make sure that your portfolio is designed for your comfort zone. It's easy and quick to calibrate your risk tolerance anytime using our free online tool over at investtalk.com. It's the RiskWise Risk Questionnaire. But for now, I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Adam. I'm calling from Texas. I had a question about the stock symbol EPD, and that is Enterprise Products Partners LP. Anyway, I was thinking about maybe purchasing a position in them, market price is Labor Day, seventeen twenty-six a share. It looks like they're a mid-cap. Anyway, uh, whatever information you have, I, I really appreciate it. Love the show. Thanks. All right, looking at Enterprise Product Partners, this is a master limited partnership engaged in natural gas liquid, liquid fractionation, transportation, and storage. So their business is in serious decline recently because of the lower demand for energy in general, but mainly oil, the shutting down of a lot of fracking wells, and a byproduct of a lot of fracking wells are is natural gas. And so I've talked about this before, is that when oil prices drop, that actually reduces the overall supply of natural gas, and thus the transportation and storage of it and that's why EPD is struggling earnings 2019 were 215 down to 203 this year and dollar 91 next year that 11.1% dividend yield is nice and juicy the issue here is the debt on its balance sheet is pretty heavily indebted about 29 billion dollars almost 30 billion dollars in long term debt uh, but their trailing 12 month Free cash flow is about $2.3 billion. So I think they can handle this debt, uh, but it is struggling with the whole energy sector as a whole. One thing you have to think about, though, with that 11% dividend is that it's not taxed at your normal qualified dividend rate. 
it's taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. So be aware of that. Limited partnerships are a little bit different. Okay. Now, from enterprise value to EBIT perspective, it's trading at about 8.4. And long term, that's pretty cheap. It hasn't traded this low since 2009 from that perspective. Uh, so I kind of like it, to be honest with you. I like that uh, it's relatively cheap. Technically, it looks poor, so I would be still be a little patient on it. Uh, but you also have to keep in mind on that limited partnership aspect that there are tax implications. It shouldn't really be held in a tax deferred account like a 401k. So be aware of that. Uh, but overall, I kind of like it even with the heavy debt because they're still cash flow positive in a struggling environment. Now, my focus point today concerns a story that asserts this warning. The markets are entering the most treacherous season. And we know that if you look at the VIX index, or so-called fear gauge, it's indicating that November and December imply an increasing odds of a contested election. And last Friday was the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, which is the start of the Jewish high holidays, which ends on Monday, coming up, September 28th. And during that time, at least lore says, that that typically is a period of heightened market volatility. You sell on Rosh Hashanah, you buy on Yom Kippur. Now, going back to 1971, this period has had average and median losses of 0.5%. 27 of those periods have been losing and only 22 winning. Now, over that period is also typically the autumn equinox, which we had today. And that can mean some major market movements. 1931, Britain was forced to go off the gold standard on that date. And then 54 years later, the UK had to remove the pound from the European exchange rate mechanism. So there can be often volatile events on that day, but didn't happen today, really. But many times... If the market peaks around this time, it's a warning for bigger downturns ahead. Now, in 1929, for example, the market actually peaked on September 22nd and then crashed a month later. And on election years, the markets are generally up when the incumbent party won in October. Of the nine times the incumbent was defeated, the SP was down six of those times on average of about 2.1%. And I've talked about this before is the three months leading up to the election, a lot of times is a very good indicator of who's going to win the election. Now let's take a look at that. Where did the market close? The S&P closed on July 31st at 32.71. Where did we close today? 33.15. So we're up a little bit after today. So pretty interesting seasonality. We know that this is a volatile time. The volatility indexes are telling us it's a volatile time. The market trends are starting to kind of peter out as well. 
So I do expect a much more volatile first half. I, I think the fourth quarter will be a lot more like the first quarter than it will be the second or third quarter of this year. Now, from time to time here in Best Talk, you hear me mention that on the podcast and at my company. Oh, I guess we're going to have to head to a break. The phone lines are open right now. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, before the break, I started to mention that from time to time here in Invest Talk, you hear me mention that on this podcast and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with the philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So we are dedicated to unbiased guidance each and every day on Invest Talk, as well as the practice of parallel investing, meaning we invest right alongside our clients. So if you need help, with anything investment related or financial planning related, we can help you, we wanna help you. So I encourage you to take advantage of our offer for a free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. Just send us a message through investtalk.com or call our offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. Now let's go straight back to the Talk Voice Bank. The next question came from a listener in Florida. Hello, Steve and Justin, this is Eddie from Tampa. I was calling about British American tobacco, B as in boy, T as in Tom, I. I just dumped my Wells Fargo stocks. It was because they slashed their dividends. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on British American tobacco, if they can sustain their dividend, because I'm just really into it for their dividend. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Please let me know. Thanks. All right, this is British American Tobacco. They yield about 9.6%, uh, but that is does fluctuate because, remember, this is a British company, UK company, so the exact amount fluctuates based on the exchange rate. So if the dollar falls in value compared to the British pound, then you're going to get a little bit more dollars, right? Uh, now, we do own this for some managed accounts, and our value is closer to $50, and now it's at $35 a share. Uh, so I think that dividend will be sustained. It is down uh, due to regulatory risks and things like that, but overall, their business remains steady. And in fact, earnings are expected to be an all-time high next year at $4.59 a share. Once again, trading at 30 $5. So that PE is very low looking forward, even though the last couple of quarters have been rough because of COVID, but not that bad, right? Revenue down 2% as well as earnings. So uh, I think this is a very short-term phenomenon and we like BTI. Now let's touch quickly on the on today's big economic number, and that was the existing home sales for the month of August, they were up 2.4 percent from the month of from the prior month, month of July. That was 10.5 percent higher 
than the same month a year ago. And it's the highest level since 2006 when we were in right the speculative fervor of real estate here in the United States. Now, the median price for all homes was 310000 up 11.4% from a year ago. And prices in every single region, excuse me, were up. And I said this, that the demand of relocating as well as limited supply is really what's driving those prices higher. And really in the near term, that's probably going to stick. Now I'll keep you abreast on if I see the dynamics changing. And it really has to do with both the supply and the demand side is will supply increase because of higher layoffs and that for those for forbearance programs ending will it a lot will depend on government action how long they'll allow forbearance programs to keep going as well as banks will that increase the inventory that's a big question and then on the affordability side prices are higher and that makes affordability tougher. So either interest rates have to go down or incomes have to go up dramatically or decently. But if that's not the case, if incomes flatten out, if interest rates rise, that will challenge affordability more and that's where you'll have a setback. But for now, we're in a buyer's market. Or sorry, we're in a seller's market, excuse me. Now, properties typically remained on the market for only 22 days during the month of August, which was about the same as July, and down from 31 days, August 2019. 69% of homes sold in August were on the market for less than a month. And all cash offers were up from 16% to 18% in the month of July. So, you know, it's a very strong market and I don't think that's going to change in the short, short term. Now, as you know, we get calls from across America and around the world. This question came in from Vancouver. Hi, Stephen, Justin, it's uh, Shivender calling from Vancouver, Canada. I have a question about W. BA, Walgreens Boot Alliance. So the stock dipped a lot uh, during the uh, last couple of weeks. So yeah, I just want to know your thoughts on if it's still a good buy. Thank you for everything. Bye. All right, looking at Walgreens Boots Alliance. And this is a large company when it comes to revenues. You're talking about $34 billion in sales every quarter. Now, it's not growing. Last quarter, revenues were flat. Quarter before that, revenues were up 4%, but earnings last quarter were down 44%. Yields 5.2%. And if you look at its valuation, it's trading at about 13 times enterprise value to EBITDA, which not that great. It's not that cheap. Now, if you, it's tougher because you're looking at that's looking at profitability. In this case, I want to look a little bit more on revenues, right? Because revenues haven't been affected as much as profit margins in the short term. 
And if you look at enterprise value to revenue, we're at 0.34%, which was last seen, actually it's below its 2012 low. You haven't seen this valuation since 1988? Whew, it's cheap. I will say that. So, but with many value plays right now, you have to be patient. Technically, it still looks very, very weak. Its relative strength is only 10, meaning it's only outperforming 10% of equities that are out there in the marketplace today. So that's what worries me the most, is that relative strength and its debt. It does have a good amount of debt on its balance sheet. About $17 billion, although I'm starting to pay that down a little bit, and that's good. Its dividend, cash dividend pay ratio is only 38%, so I think that dividend is sustainable. But I like, it's on my watch list for a turn. If the value space turns, right, where money starts to flow into the value side of the market away from growth, which you started to see over the past month or so, if that is sustained, I think you'll start to see names like this perk up and get money, get flow into them. But right now, money is still flowing out. And so it remains on the bench, shall I say. So I like that it's on your watch list, but keep it on the bench until you see the technicals improve. When you see the 50-day moving average, for example, pointed higher. All the moving averages right now are pointed down. I'm Justin Klein, you listen to Invest Talk, and you are in fantastic company. Our podcast download statistics show that so far in September, we've had nearly, we have over 600,000 downloads, and the month is not over. So we're trending towards about 900,000. Maybe we're going to get to a million by the end of the year. So, Steve and I thank you for downloading Invest Talk and also for telling your friends and family members about our investing and financial podcasts. Remember, our website, investtalk.com, has a number of resources available to assist you with your goal of building your own version of financial freedom. Now, if you're unsure where to start, I suggest you take our Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire and help you define your investment comfort zone. And of course, you're welcome to call our KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. But for now, our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Good news, Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Hey, Steve and Justin. I love your show. Thank you so much for providing great content. I've been learning a lot over the last couple of months. Uh, I have a question about Camping World. CWH and I have a decent position in it right now and trying to figure out if I should sell or hold. Sounds like the CEO has been buying quite a bit of the stock back. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much. 
All right, this is Camping World Holdings. They operate 175 retail locations, and they provide a portfolio of services, protection plans, products as well. So revenue up 9% last quarter, earnings up 200%. I, a lot of this has to do with uh, the gun play. Uh, they do sell uh, firearms, so that's a, a big factor. Now, relatively small company still, though. Talk about $2.7 billion market cap. Decent amount of debt on their balance sheet. Long term, if you look at their profitability, it's kind of all over the place. And that's what worries me the most. But their cash flow is now trailing 12 months, $618 million. How much will that will retrench? I'm not quite sure. Uh, but I like the fact that the CEO has been buying back shares. But they're also the share count's been all over the place as well. They went from 84 million shares outstanding in 2016 to 27 in 2017, all the way up back up to 89 million in 2018, back down to 37, now we're at 64. So why is that? Why is the share count jumping around so dramatically? That would be my first question. Uh, but I like that it's producing such strong free cash flows, and the chart is strong. It's pulled back to its 100-day moving average, and that, to me, is a good line in the sand. If it breaks below that, I think technically you could see a major rollover back into the, the mid to low teens. Right now it's trading at $31.20 to close today. It's 52-week high is just about a month ago at $42.49. So it's off about 26% from that high. But earnings expectations next year are supposed to be $2.94, which would be an all-time high. So I, I like technicals, I kind of like the play, uh, and, but I would worry about why that share count is moving up so, moving around so much, and if it breaks that 100-day moving average, technically that would change the picture dramatically. Now let me squeeze in another caller question before the break. This came in earlier from Minnesota. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. My name is Olivia from Minnesota. My question was about EXPI, EXP World Holdings. I know real estate's booming right now. I bought in when it was around 12 or 13. It's obviously way up. I'm just wondering, do you think I should pull back my position? Should I keep holding on to it? Kind of what do you value EXPI at? Thanks again and love your show. Thank you. All right, this is... EXP World Holdings, this is a REIT that owns and operates cloud-based real estate brokerage services for the real residential real estate market. That's very interesting. How is it a REIT that's in the software space? Hmm. They operate a cloud-based real estate brokerage and technology platform business that develops and uses immersive technologies to help businesses increase their effectiveness and reduce costs from operating in traditional brick-and-mortar offices. So clearly with the work from home type of uh, a play, that's really what this is. And I think it's got a way, gotten way ahead of itself. You're talking about enterprise value to EBITDA of 236, enterprise value to revenue of two. I guess that's not too dramatic, but their profitability is not even close to there. It's improved. It's gone from 2018, it was losing $30 million in EBITDA. Now it's making $11 million, but it's a $2.7 billion market cap. So I think this is a name you want to 
get when the the froth around the sector kind of comes off, right? The excitement around, oh, working from home, because that's going to end, right? The pandemic is going to end. Are certain trends going to persist longer term? Sure. But this is still very expensive, even based on next year's earnings, which is supposed to be 61 cents a share. So you're talking about 100, 100 PE based on next year's earnings? Way, way too high. So I think I like that you have this on your watch list. I think it has good long-term secular tailwinds. But also, what is the competitive landscape? Are there any other companies doing this? So I would dig into that as well to see if they're the best in breed. If they are, I would be buying this on a major pullback, you know, into the into the low 20s, maybe the high teens. That would be a great place to, to be picking it up. But here at $40 a share, at $2.7 billion market cap with only $11 billion in EBITDA, a million dollars in EBITDA, I think it's too expensive. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we're heading into our final break. So if you're going to call, you want to do it right now at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, a story that offers a heads up from an analyst who spotlights three things to keep in mind to handle market volatility. Now, the average person saving for retirement could experience around seven recessions, but panic selling can backfire in the long run. Steve, we'll get to that story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's get to a voice bank question from Indiana. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Tim in Indiana. Uh, love the show. Thanks for all you guys do. I have a question about Brookfield Property REIT Incorporated, BPYU. Uh, I just sort of came across it when I was looking through some REITs, and it has a very attractive dividend. The payout ratio looks good, but then when I look at some of the other financials, it looks like they're losing money recently. And then I looked at insider trading or insider you know, buys and sells, and it looks like, at least in March, they had a bunch of insiders buying. So I don't really know what to think. Just kind of an interesting stock, and I was wondering if you could break it down and, you know, whatever's going on underneath the hood here, it kind of looks too good to be true. But, yeah, would love to hear what you have to say. Thanks. Bye. All right, this is Brookfield Property REIT. This is a retail REIT. Now, Typically, Brookfield focuses on high-quality retail space, but in general, retail is going through a tough time right now. They have 124 retail properties located all throughout the United States with 121 million square feet of gross leasable area. Expected earnings are not out for this year or next year. So analysts are basically throwing their their hands up and saying, I don't know what's going to happen. Right? So this is a very high risk play. Revenues are, let's see, last quarter, we're still at 4%. That's pretty interesting. Why is that? Uh, earnings up 600%. It doesn't make sense to me. 
So I really would need to dig into what's driving their business in a time when they're supposed to be struggling, right? So that's my big question. I really would have to dig into this and understand how this is doing so well in a time when so many of its competitors are not. Okay, so uh, I like that you're looking at that nice 12% juicy dividend, but if the retail sector is struggling as much as I would expect it to, this is a name that is going to be down its luck. If you look at free cash flow, or free cash flow 12 months is 172 million positive, which is really an all-time low, and they have a lot of debt. 16, almost $17 billion in long-term debt and only $605 million market cap. So extremely, extremely high risk. Uh, so their cash flows are not backing up what I'm seeing on the revenue and the earnings front. And that would worry me the most. Very, very indebted. Now, the last thing I want to get to is a panel from the Society, American Society on Aging. That was hosted last month and it was looking at the upcoming election and how various aspects of retirement will be likely affected. Now, the first is Social Security and many of them see issues with the Social Security Trust Fund and they don't see that it's sustainable with the number of baby boomers and Gen Xers entering retirement. There aren't enough young people to sustain it for even the next 10 years. Now, what they all kind of agree on, though, is that, hey, we're running a $3.3 trillion deficit so far this year, according to the Congressional Budget Office, that is likely to approach $4 trillion if there's some sort of stimulus. And so when a lot of people say, oh, Medicare is going to run out of money, or sorry, Social Security is going to run out of money, government will just plug the hole themselves. So it's more of a broad fiscal issue than something specific to Social Security. Now, Medicare was an interesting one that they talked about, which was telehealth is going to likely increase. More and more people are going to use that. And there's likely going to be cuts to prescription drug prices. In fact, this year, they're down 1.7% year over year. So there's already been some progress there. So it's pretty interesting to see their thoughts on the election and how that might impact the retirement of Americans. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I'll return on Thursday. Steve will be here tomorrow. In the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts for free over at investtalk.com or on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer 
of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.